Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Today, we are going to talk about accepting your inner critic. Lisa, hmm, what could this <laughs> all be about? <laughs> so this is a really, really important topic. And the inner critic is something that every human being has. Even if you're not aware of it, even if you're not comfortable with it, it is something that we all experience. So it's good to become aware of it, especially as you're going through major life changes, because it has a huge impact on your mindset. It has a huge impact on how you show up and on your confidence. And so understanding this topic in general can be really helpful in helping you to move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. It has a lot of applications to it. And we'll talk about what this is like for a job seeker versus someone who is in a job At the end of the day, though, the inner critic sort of permeates all parts of our lives, regardless of what we're doing, uh, who we're surrounded by, et cetera. Like you said, this is a part of us, and it's something that if we don't become aware of, then it has the possibility of sort of owning our lives in many ways. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So what is the inner critic, Mike? The inner critic, to me, is a voice lives inside of us that has lived inside of us for a long time that basically tells us that we're not quite good enough to do something and it's really at the the heart of itself it's a protection mechanism something that we gained early on in our lives usually imparted by someone else maybe a parent that's usually the most common source i find where someone wanted you to be safe and okay and survive. And so they surrounded you with these thoughts that said that you can do this, but you can't do that. Because if you do those things that you can't do, then you're going to be in danger. So the inner critic comes from that experience. It's sort of often buried deep inside of us. And sometimes it's not even that explicit. Sometimes it's just the way we were treated uh, as we were growing up, but it manifests itself as this inner critic that stays with us throughout our lives. Yeah. And some people call it the gremlin depends on your terminology, but um, totally agree with everything you said. And it's also our perception of how things happen in the world. So um, it could be that you were bullied when you were Mm -hmm. a kid and that can impact your inner critic and your gremlin. Um, It could be your perception of what people were saying to you. So it's a mix of other people's voices in your head, along with the way that you've created those stories and made them have meaning. Totally. Yes. I love that last part around how you will kind of make the gremlin or the inner critic what it is. And so by gaining more awareness of it, we have a better chance of being able to actually, not sure if mastery is the word, but to be able to have an acceptance of it. And so that's where this uh, show episode comes from. Okay. I remember as we were going through our IPEC training and without giving away too much, because it was a pretty amazing experience and I wouldn't want to ruin it for anyone who goes through it one day, but to kind of come to grips with what your own inner critic is saying for the first time and has been saying throughout your life is a pretty, it was certainly a very emotionally difficult moment for me and watching a room of 30 other people doing the same exercise. It seems to be a pretty emotional thing for everyone. Would you say that's true for you? Yeah, definitely. It's an awareness that if you've never thought about it before, it can be a pretty eye-opening awareness. Yeah, totally. And so we're not trying to bring maybe that emotional 
punch into this episode. We'll let you, dear listener, kind of figure out how you want to take this from, from here. But I'll tell you from my personal experience, realizing my own kind of inner critic's message being this idea that I was not confident enough. And that statement was permeating different parts of my life. It definitely, I can remember it affecting me when I wanted to ask people out on dates and I didn't because I didn't feel like I could, like I just wasn't good enough for these people or that I would be rejected or uh, also just as a, from a more career oriented perspective, there were jobs that I just didn't pursue. Uh, There were things where I had an interest and I didn't actually go with full intent. Like I wouldn't follow up on an application I wouldn't really go the distance in terms of building relationships in the places where I thought I could be because I didn't truly believe that I belonged. And so that was, that was, those were concrete examples, mainly from my twenties that fortunately I have a much firmer grasp on now. Yeah. And it's, it's, I just want to point out here that like the, the inner critic isn't inherently bad. The inner critic, like you said, is a protection mechanism to help keep us safe and to help us to, um, sort of progress in our lives the way that we're meant to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it ends up becoming a self-sabotaging activity or, or behavior that we end up taking on because of it. And our, our brains as, as little kids is very different than our brains as adults. And if we're not aware of how this impacts us, it absolutely can show up in all of those different ways, like you had mentioned. And in my own life too. So my inner critic message was that I'm not loud enough. Hmm. Interesting. And so that was like, I was a very quiet kid. I I never spoke up in class and it just sort of perpetuated. And then it got to a point where I saw myself that way. And so if I wanted to speak up, it became this big thing in my head. So even if I wanted to, um, you know, try to network with somebody that was really, it became this scary thing. And so I would hold myself back from doing a lot of those activities that were necessary to be able to put myself out there for that same reason. I'm not going to be good enough for this. And it can, if you're noticing that you are doing self-sabotaging activities and wondering why this is sort of a good place to start. Love it. Yeah. I'm not loud enough. I appreciate that one. It's not one that I think I've ever heard. I did not know that actually about you. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So to bring this back a little bit into how someone who is looking for a job might be feeling their inner critic. There may be messages like I'm not qualified for this role that's been posted, or if it's a really um, maybe the role represents a really big jump in your career. Maybe you're going into your first management position or you're going from mid management to the C-suite. Maybe you feel like I'm not worthy enough. I'm not valuable enough. I'm, I'm not, I don't deserve this enough or I'm not valid enough for this. Those are huge statements that basically freeze us. We don't take action once we have that thought embedded. Are there other ones that come to mind for you, Lisa? Yeah. uh, Very similar to those ones that you had just mentioned. Um, I'm not smart enough. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I hear is, is around, I'm not valuable enough. My voice doesn't matter. Um, I don't have enough to bring to the table. 
all, all similar themes, mm -hmm. just in different words. And I also just want to point out that you likely have multiple gremlin or inner critic messages. It's just good to identify the one that's impacting you the most right now. And they often all come back to that underlying theme of I'm not good enough. Yes. But they show up in a lot of different ways. Yes. The, the master gremlin of I'm not good enough is, uh, is out there. And for sure, we have our own versions, as you just said, kind of our own derivatives of that. For someone who is currently employed and they feel like their career isn't going anywhere, especially maybe that's because they feel like they are not worthy of a promotion or they cannot grow. Like I can't, I'm not able to learn enough. If I were to take on this new opportunity, I won't perform enough. Uh, if it's kind of a little bit more of a forward-looking thing there. And I also want to just point out that too, if you've been in a toxic work environment, so your, your inner critic looks for outside validation. Oh, yes. So your inner critic looks for that external validation. So if you notice that you pay more attention to when somebody says something bad to you, that's your inner mm. critic saying, see, told you so. That's such a great point. Yes, it definitely feeds off of, or it can feed off of, the negativity that's around us and being aware of like, when is it time to put up sort of an energetic shield around those negative comments so that they don't fuel the inner critic more than it needs to be. Yeah. So if, if you're in a toxic work environment and you've had either somebody telling you that something isn't, your work isn't good enough or um, something isn't going the way that it's supposed to, you can bring a lot of that into your search for the next thing. Like your, your inner critic sort of, um, gets stronger yeah, yeah, and can prevent you even more from going for that next. Even if you have the skills to do the job, like let's say you're going for a different job than the one that you've been doing because your skills align more with this different job, but because you've had all of this validation in your current job that you're not good enough, you don't even attempt it or you feel like you're not going to perform well. And there's so many things that can sort of stem from that. Yeah, totally. I think it's important to go back to something that we talked about in a few episodes back with the seven, seven, seven attitudes of job seekers, right? Like as soon as you start grounding yourself in these kinds of thoughts, we start to go toward that first attitude or that first kind of level of energy where we're feeling like victims and we just don't feel like we have any real control over what we're doing and we're buried possibly by a lot of that negative, uh, commentary or those ideas that are coming to the forefront in that situation. I'm glad you brought that point up. So I'm sure it's at this point, you're starting to feel like, okay, so I have this inner critic. <laughs> it sounds pretty negative. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. And so this is, I think where we get to go back to the idea of, of accepting it, being aware of, of what it is. And one of the first things that you can do with an inner critic or a gremlin is to, to name it literally give it some kind of a name it, it could be a person's name like a human name or maybe it's some sort of an object that you you know maybe it's a a symbolic thing that you consider i'm just thinking of words like axe or club or things that beat you down that's pretty gruesome the axe idea so maybe not that one <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can understand like it, if you think of an axe cutting a tree down mm -hmm. that could be a symbolism that you think of. Totally. Thanks for Barry. Thanks for uh, recovering me on that one. That, that's a good one. <laughs> we obviously want to keep this topic 
as approachable as it can be. So naming your inner critic voice in a way where you can remember it, where you can reference it when you know that you're holding yourself back or committing self-sabotage, as you said, that just allows us to go back to an, a clear anchored thought in our head that says, oh, hang on, this is our inner critic. This is my inner critic talking right now. I don't have to listen to it. Right. And that awareness is the biggest step toward managing it, accepting it, integrating it. Um, and so the, the naming part of it actually does bring that awareness more so, so that your brain, like you acknowledge that you're having these thoughts, you acknowledge that you're acting in a certain way and you're like, oh yeah, that was the club. <laughs> the club. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that part being uh, in IPEX training, the actual naming it like an object, but however, whatever makes sense to you, dear listener, we're all unique in our own way when it comes to the inner critic, the awareness part is huge. And then maybe just questioning yourself around like, why is the inner critic coming up for me right now? Is there something that I should know if it's there to protect me, what's it protecting me against? Like what's the worst case scenario if I were to choose option A versus option B, let's just do a little bit of, of brainstorming or failure mm -hmm. storming around what might happen. Uh, and then that can be another way of powering down the inner critic. Yeah. And it's also, uh, accepting it. So we are all a mixture of light and dark and acceptance of that part of ourselves. Like, you know, you could have your inner critic come up and you could blame yourself. You could say, Oh my gosh, this inner critic's coming up again. I can't believe I'm letting this happen. Or you can look at it and say, okay, it's here to protect me. Like you said, how do I, how do, what information do I need to get from this? Mm -hmm. And how can I now change the perspective of it? But I just want to make a point here that rejection of it is rejection of a part of yourself because the inner critic will always be a part of you. You can't get rid of it. You can't, it will never go away. No. And it's not something that you're going to overcome in a conversation. Yeah. And, and in the way you just put it is pretty amazing. Like You don't even really want it to go away. It does serve a purpose. Going mm -hmm. back to what you said about it not being a bad thing. It's just something that can slow us down or hold us back from doing something that may be important to us. And as we start to accept it more, uh, we, we realize like it's not something we're going to ever outgrow. I mean, I've heard seven figure entrepreneurs talking about their inner critics versus when they were just starting out, the inner critic hasn't really changed. What has changed is how they respond to the inner critic voice coming into their lives. So huge, huge point around like, don't reject this. Just, we need to learn how to accept and, and manage it and eventually perhaps master it. Yeah. And one of the things too, that sort of came to mind as we were talking about that is like, you know, if you're, if you're running towards a cliff, your inner critic is the one that's saying probably should check this out first. <laughs> like you might want to just assess the dangers here before taking the leap off the cliff. Yes. <laughs> so it really does serve a purpose in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so it's just sort of accepting that you need it and that you can also repurpose it. Cool. We have had, we've probably said the word accepting uh, <laughs> a couple dozen times now. So for you, dear listener, I hope you are coming to our realization that this is just a part of who we are and the people who learn to just literally make it part of their lives in the best way possible 
uh, are the ones that are least held back by it. And there is a couple of ways of doing this, right? Like we can integrate it, we can work with it. And one of my favorite ways is to give it a new job. Yes. Talk to me about so that. So this is a, this is an energy. Like there's, there's something inside of us that we are accepting that we are moving forward with. And so we want to give it a new job. So in a lot of ways, you need to think about what you need support with at this time. So if you find that, so in my example, I'm not loud enough or I'm too quiet. What do I need support from my inner critic is saying something. I need my inner critic to encourage me to speak mm. when I'm feeling that. And so I've actually given, I'm, I'm going to be totally vulnerable here. My inner critic, her name is Aretha. Aretha. Yep. Cool. I decided to give it an empowering name because I felt like that was an easier way for me to accept it. And so when I'm having those feelings or when I'm starting to notice that it's impacting me, I say, thanks, Aretha. I appreciate everything that you've done. I now need you to help me to, to share my voice. Love it. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. And that's the kind of vulnerable conversation that it takes to actually surface the inner critic, to bring it into light, to then start to gain some command of it and to say, as you said, right? Like, you know, I appreciate that you're there, but right now I'm going to go ahead and do this and taking your inner critic from being sort of a, a stoplight, like a red light and turning it into a green light, like a sign that this is, this is something to proceed on. If I'm feeling this fear, it's because there's something great happening on the other side, potentially. I mean, if it's the cliff and you're going to fall off of it, maybe not. <laughs> But let's stop and examine and see, like, let's see how this may actually be serving us in this moment. Yeah. What other information do I need? Yeah. Love that question. Cool. I hypothesize, Lisa, and I'd love to get your take, take on this, that someone who has a growth mindset, we know that there's a lot of benefits to that in general, but when, as it applies to an inner critic, I think you're more likely to develop an acceptance for your inner critic if you are also of a growth mindset where you see yourself as being a dynamic and evolving being and not something or someone that is stuck with status quo, basically. Is that how you feel too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. it It's intuitive. I haven't done any real research on that. So it's just coming off of my own thoughts, but I would like to believe that for us to evolve internally when it comes to this, we need to have that overall mindset of, yes, we can change. Maybe I'm not where I want to be yet, but I will be at some point. Yeah. And it, it's that going back to the idea of telling yourself a story about something, the growth mindset will allow you to uh, reimagine the story mm -hmm. and to say, this is just because I've been this way doesn't mean that I am going to be this way. I get to decide what the next step looks like. I get to decide how I show up in any situation. And if it's not how I want to be showing up, then I can change it. Yes. Yeah. I love that you say that decision, choice, exploring options. Those are signs of you accepting and starting to have a command of the inner critic. So super awesome that you brought that up. Cool. 
Yeah, no, I just want to mention that this type of work, we've sort of mentioned this before, but this type of work does not happen overnight. So if you are interested in exploring your inner critic, there's a ton of literature and topics online that you can find more information on. And um, you can also speak with one of us about what mm -hmm. it all means and how to sort of work through it. But don't expect this to be something that you're aware of and it's going to change within the next week. Yeah. This is sort of a lifelong ex exploration. Um, yeah. The sooner that you start, obviously, the easier it gets. But it's, it's not something where you flip a switch and, and you're suddenly accepting of your inner critic. No, exactly. It's really a process that starts with looking, I find looking back into the past to sort of see what the source of this inner critic voice is. Maybe there was a person or a thing or something that happened. Can we identify that? Can we understand how it's affecting us in the present? And then can we look at how we want to renegotiate with all of the things that we've talked about so far in the episode around what the inner critic's new role in our life will be in a life that we have more awareness and command of. So yeah, like you said, not something that you flick the switch and it changes everything, but uh, we are certainly open to talking about that. We could nerd mm -hmm. about that for a long time. Exactly. And I just wanted to mention too, a couple of other strategies that you might consider undertaking that are sort of similar related to the inner critic. Um, a lot of times gratitude is a great mm. way of overcoming the inner critic. So creating a list, you know, three to five things per day that you're grateful for, um, creating a brag book, like we've talked about in the past, yep. uh, keeping track of your wins within your work that can help you to say, look, I'm actually progressing. I'm, I'm moving forward. Um, affirmations are another great way of sort of reprogramming your brain in some ways. And if there's any other strategies that you've used, please also let us know. We'd love to include them here as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're you mentioning those different ways, great ways of getting awareness and renegotiating your inner critic. It's almost like you're creating inner fans to kind of counteract mm -hmm. the critic. Hmm, I'd not thought of that until right now. So fun times. And yes, there's an infinite number of ways I'm sure out there to handle this topic. So please don't be shy. Reach out to us and let us know what you think. Cool. We'll call it a week at that for the Career Builders podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. We hope you are well and in search for acceptance of your inner critic. We'll be with you again soon. Bye for now. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Career Builders Podcast. Do you know someone who takes their career seriously and would appreciate the show? Why not share it with them? You'll help your friend with their career development while helping us spread the message of TCBP. On behalf of Lisa and myself, thanks for your support, and we'll catch you again next week.